Ah. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the session. Um, my name is Steve Roberts. Uh, with me is Norm Johansson. Hi, everybody. I've got an echo. Um, we're both senior dev engineers at AWS, working in the tools responsible for the SDK and tools for .NET. So the AWS SDK for .NET, the toolkit for Visual Studio, the tools for PowerShell, and the new tools this year for Microsoft Visual Studio Team Services. Wrong button. There we go. So in this session, we're going to take a brief introduction to the tools. They're pretty new. They were released in August. Um, we're going to go through what they are, why we'd use them, what's included in the tools. The majority of the session, though, we're going to spend in demos. Right? Rather than talk about these tools, we want to play with them. We're going to use them. So a brief introduction to the tools to get everybody on the same page. What are the tools for Microsoft Visual Studio Team Services? Well, they're a set of custom build tasks that you can use in build and release pipelines to reach out to AWS from within your VSTS or TFS environments. Okay, we can do deployments. We can perform general utility tasks like downloading from S3, uploading to S3, our storage service. Where can you use them? Visual Studio Team Services Online, or you can use them in Team Foundation Server on-prem. So we support installation into TFS 2015 or higher. But perhaps more importantly, why would you use them? Well, they make it super easy um, to reach out to AWS services from within your VSTS and TFS build pipelines. Um, they're a great example, actually, of collaboration between Microsoft and AWS. The tools originated inside Microsoft. Their ALM rangers came up with the proof of concepts and some tasks, and then reached out to AWS in the summer, say, hey, would you like guys to take this on as a project to release and then maintain it from then on? Well, no brainer, right? That's a yes, right? We're reaching out to our customers wherever they are from both companies. So a great example of collaboration. And of course, if you've got existing VSTS and TFS build pipelines set up that you invested in, you, know, you don't want to change those, right? Yes, AWS has its existing code build, code pipeline, code deploy, et cetera, but you've got pipelines that you want to use. You just want to go that extra mile out to AWS to do deployments or whatever you need to do. Now you know why you would use them, where do you get them? So they're only distributed on the Visual Studio Marketplace, um, but there's an easy link to them from the AWS homepage for the tools, aws.amazon.com slash VSTS. In fact, Norm, why don't we go and take a look at that? So at the center here, you see a Get Started with the Tools button. If we click that, it'll take us directly to the Marketplace uh, link. Uh, obviously, you can go to the Marketplace and search for them. And I think as of this morning, they're still listed as a featured extension on that page. Um, okay, let's head back to the slides. They're also open source. Um, they're on GitHub. We have a repo. We'll show it later on, where you can submit pull requests, feature requests, et cetera, issues um, to use the tools. There we go. So what's included in the tools? So we released these back in August, the first drop. And the, uh, tool, the tasks were loosely distributed into two sets, tools for deployment and tasks for general purpose operations. So we could deploy to use AWS Code Deploy. We'll go into what these services are later if you're not familiar with them, but Code Deploy, the deployment service, CloudFormation, the infrastructure provisioning service. We could deploy to Elastic Beanstalk, the platform as a service. We also had support for deploying .NET Core functions and service applications to Lambda. Um, as far as general purpose goes, you know, we can upload and download through Amazon S3, our storage service. We can send notifications through SNS. And we handed two uh, tasks for the command line tools from AWS, the AWS CLI and the tools for PowerShell. Now, you'd use these if the task, uh, you need to reach out to some AWS service that you know, we didn't currently have a native task for. Okay? You could then script out what you needed using the tools that you're already familiar with from inside the tools. They also surface an, a, an AWS credential endpoint type. 
These tools are calling AWS for you, so you need to give them credentials, and we'll show how you get to that shortly. About two hours ago, we released a new drop, uh, including new tasks. So we can now push Docker images to, EC, uh, to the Elastic Container Registry. Um, this was a direct result from a feature request on our repo. We've added a new Lambda general purpose deployment task. So now not only can you deploy .NET Core functions and service apps, you can deploy any of the supported languages from Lambda from within your, your VSTS builds. And we've added two new tasks for Systems Manager. One to read from the parameter store. If you're a, you know, an existing user of VSTS or TFS, you know it has the concept of build variables. We've now linked build variables into the parameter store so you can get parameters back and customize your builds. And we'll see a lot of that in this demo later on. Uh, we also added support for run command. Now, run command is particularly cool because you can execute command scripts or command documents, as they're called, against a fleet of machines. Those machines could be EC2 instances. But they can also be on-premise machines if you have the systems manager agent installed directly from your VSTS and DFS pipelines. With that, enough chat. Let's move to some demos. Let's go and see the tools in action. So to get started, oh, sorry, <laughs> to get started, we're going to go quickly how you go and install the tools, because it does differ a little bit between VSTS and TFS, um, how we're going to manage credentials. And then we're actually going to do a deployment. We're going to deploy an ASP.NET application to Elastic Beanstalk. That's our platform as a service. Service? where it takes care of the infrastructure for you, right? You just build your application and deploy it. So it's pretty simple to get started. Okay. All right. So the application that we've chosen to use today is Contoso University. Um, it's one of the ASP.NET sample applications, traditional .NET framework app with a SQL database. In fact, we've already deployed this to Elastic Beanstalk. So why don't we go and take a quick look at the application. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself, aren't I? You want to show me how to install it first? <laughs> Let's show you how to install it first. Let's read this page. Right. Yes, sorry. So if you're a VSTS user, you're going to click the Install button. That's going to lead you through a simple dialogue to install into your online system. If you're a, a TFS user, you're going to click Download. That's going to give you a V6 file, a Visual Studio extensibility file. You upload that to your local marketplace. In fact, if you go to our TFS instance, we're using TFS 2017 here. In the upper right corner, you see a Manage Extensions. That will lead you through uploading the extension file, and then you can install it from there into your uh, environment. OK, that's the installation bit. Mm -hmm. Now back to Contoso University. So we've already deployed this application to Elastic Beanstalk. So let's go and take a look at it. So Norma here is in our toolkit for Visual Studio, uh, which if you were in the Dev 330 session yesterday, you would have seen us making heavy uh, demos with that, or demos with that. Um, opened up the environment here for Beanstalk, and there's our application. And in fact, if we go to the students page, we should see that the database is all connected up. So we deployed this from Visual Studio to get started, but now we want to start deploying from our TFS instance, okay? So let's go and take a look at where the tools are uh, installed, okay. or where they surface. So we've already installed them, obviously, for the demo. So let's open up our Contoso University project and go to the Build and Release tab. And we're going to do deployment. So let's uh, add a new definition. And this is the, uh, in this case, we're going to deploy an ASP.NET application. So we'll pick the right template. OK. And we don't have any tests running in this project, so we're just going to remove that out of the default. And we're not going to bother publishing these symbols right now. So right now, we're just going to do the NuGet restore and do the MS build to build the project up. So if we click Add Task, 
You'll see here listed the AWS tasks that we've got installed. So the command line, the CLI, CloudFormation, Elastic Beanstalk, Lambda, etc. This is the first place and probably the most, the, the, the most frequent place you'll go to interact with these tasks. So let's choose the Elastic Beanstalk deployment and click. And you'll see it's just like any other VSTS or TFS task. We have a bunch of entry fields to fill in. It's super simple. The first thing we're going to want is credentials. Okay. So to add credentials, we can either click the plus button to the right of the field. That launches the dialogue. If you're familiar with our toolkit or any of our other tools, you'll know we use credential profiles. They have a name, access key, secret key. It's very similar here. We can also use assume role credentials where the task will assume a role that's scoped to give it just the credentials that it needs and the permissions that it needs. You can do that too. If we close that dialogue, you can also go to the service endpoints page. If we click the gear icon, and here you'll see if we drop down the new service endpoint definition on the left, you'll see an AWS type. We select that, then we get the same dialogue. So we can fill out multiple credentials here and fill them in. You can also go to this screen to update credentials um, if you need to. So let's go back to our build definition. And we've already got credentials set up, so let's select those. And, and of course, we're deploying to US West 2, is that right? We're in US West 2, yeah. All right. Now, we can deploy both asynchronous applications and asynchronous core. Contosa is an asynchronous, so we're just going to do that, which means we're going to assume that's coming into this is a web deploy archive, which is what that MS build step's going to do. Now, that was going to go build the MS deploy out into the build artifact staging directory. So that's what we're going to say is our source. So that's the example of a build variable, if you've not seen those before, the dollar parentheses syntax. Okay, and then MS build is by default going to do the name of the project as the zip file. So I'm just going to copy that out there. So that's going to be the MS, the MS build web deploy package that this build solution is going to generate for us. Now, the application name and the environment name, that's identifying basically where in Beanstalk we want to deploy this. And we've already deployed this, so we can go out here and we can specify, copy that here. This is our application up above here. That's our environment, Contosa University dash reInvent. So the environment is where the running instances are that are hosting your application, okay? If you've not used Beanstalk before. All right. That's it. I think we're configured and ready to go. All right. So let's go and make a change. We'll save that first. Did you give it a nice name? I did not give it a nice name. Okay. All right. We'll save, we'll that, save that. Build definition. And let's hop into Visual Studio and make a change. Okay. So we'll just go up to the index page here. Uh, we'll just say Beanstalk build. Okay, and then we'll just check that in. So we got changes, demo. So we're using TFS for our source control today. You can also use code commit in this environment as well. Okay, so I committed and now pushing that out there. Now we would, you probably would have it so it's building automatically for when you do commits, but today for our demos, we just wanna make sure we can kick things up manually and not wait for the polling. So we're gonna go here and just queue that up, right Steve? Yep. Okay, so here we are running the build step. Did our new restore using MS build to build the solution, and that's going to generate that web deploy archive. And then it's going to go into our new our ADBIS task to actually do that Beanstalk deployment, which means it's going to upload that to 
S3 and then tell Beanstalk that there is a new version of your application. Go install that on your environment. So that's going to start displaying me some of the events coming through. Uh, we should also be able to see that here in Visual Studio. You can see it's currently updating as well. So that'll take just about a minute or so to go. Getting close. <laughs> it's a problem with live demos, you have to wait for things. Okay, so the version's being deployed down to the instances. A few more seconds should have it there. All right. All right, there we go. So we'll click the link and we should go and see your change. Yeah. So deployment to Beanstalk from a TFS build task. Now, and it was super easy, right? There was just a few forms to fill out. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, that's all well and good, but I don't do my deployments from my builds. I do them from release pipelines, right? The task can be used in either. So why don't we go back and set this up to do a release build? Okay. So uh, I think we first of all want to clean up our, our build pipeline to not do the build definition. And in fact, deployment. Yeah, and in fact, because these are so simple, we'll just blow that task away. We don't need to copy the settings anywhere. Okay. We'll leave the publish artifact in there because we're going to pick up the build, the web deploy artifact as a drop in our release pipeline. Okay, so that's safe. So now let's go define that release pipeline. So it's a new definition. Um, and we're just going to do an empty one, right? We're just, it's a very simple Just one. empty. We're just going to deploy to Beanstalk, yeah. So you see it's wired up to our project, it's wired up to our build, and let's turn on automatic release on successful build. All right. We'll still keep the build as manual for the demo because we don't want to wait for the polling to kick in to, to do the, to detect the change. But it's identical to a build uh, definition, right? We're just gonna add a task. Again, okay, we're gonna select Beanstalk, task. yeah. All right, get some more room there. Choose our account, set our region. So now Web Archive, we're not getting from the build staging anymore. We're getting it Correct. from the drop. So we can actually just use uh, that dialog there to go select our we zip file. The drop, select the zip file. That's our Web Deploy Archive that we originally picked up from the build artifact staging folder. Okay. And then I'm going to set that Beanstalk application name and environment. Oops. Not the label. <laughs> All right. That's okay. it. So version label is optional. If you don't specify one, then the task will automatically create one for you based on the current date and time. Um, but you might want to think, do things like build number or something in there. It's your free to use shoes. Okay, so we're all hooked up. Let's go back and make another change. We'll say this is now release. Okay, make that change here. Demo two. Committed. We'll go sync it with our remote. Okay, and then now we can just go and kick off our build. Cue that up. So now we're gonna rerun that build, which is just gonna do, do the NuGet restore, do the MS build, create that web deploy archive, and add it as a published artifact, which is then gonna make it available to our um, release pipeline. Okay, so if we jump away to our releases, we should see the release in action now. Yep, it's playing, we can see. Okay, open that. 
see it's currently going. Let me look at the log there. So it's downloading the artifacts. It's now updating Beanstalk to that new building. So it's worked just like in the build, but here we can do a release. And so we could do that if we wanted to sort of gate um, how we wanted our commits going into Beanstalk. If we didn't want every single commit going into Beanstalk, we could have it be part of that separate release pipeline. So that's going to go longer. And again, we're also seeing those same updates going into Visual Studio of how it's being updates. That environment's currently being updated. So a few more seconds, we should be done. Yes, there we go. Okay, so let's click the link and we should see your subsequent change. There we go. There we go. So you can see the task can be used from build and release pipelines. Um, super simple. So let's head back to the slides. So we saw somewhat in reverse order, but how to install the tools for VSTS and online team foundation server. Really simple. The package comes in currently at just under seven meg. It's a very small download. It's very quick to install. Um, where to find the tools after installation? They're in your add tasks. They come out, they're showing your build uh, pipelines. Um, setting up the credential endpoints, either on the task itself or in the uh, service endpoints page, uh, and how to add tasks to a definition. And then ultimately deploying an ASP.NET application to Elastic Beanstalk um, in either build or release definition. So we want to talk about Systems Manager Parameter Store for a while. So the application that we deployed uses uh, a SQL Server database. And in fact, out of the box, Contessa University uses a local DB, which, you know, deploying to the cloud, we don't want the database on the instance, right? So we put the database into Amazon RDS. We have a connection string in the app, but I didn't want to put the connection string into the web config file, and I certainly didn't want to put it in the code. So I decided to use parameter store. So let's go and take a look at the connection string. So we'll go to the EC2 console. Down there is parameter store. So so you can see here, I've got a number of parameters defined. The majority of these are going to come back to later on in a demo, but at the bottom you can see my secure, a secure string type. It's automatically masked um, from being shown. Inside the code, we've made some changes to read this back at runtime. So instead of deploying the application with static config files with a connection string hardwired, we're reading this dynamically at runtime. Should we go see it in the code? Sure. So we have our DAO folder where we're creating our con entity framework context object, but we also created a factory class, which is what we use to create that. And what it's doing is it's always, it's going to SSM, system management, to go and actually download that parameter based on this name here. Now we're telling you this because if we can configure our application like this dynamically at runtime from parameter store, how about our build and release tasks, right? We have those build variables available. Well, the new tasks that we launched this morning, we can do just that. So let's go and take a look at how this works. We're gonna switch away in the, in the EC2 console to another region. US West 1. I've set up some dummy parameters that we can use to illustrate this. And you can see here I'm simulating an application, parameters and secrets, okay? And it's got three uh, parameters for each stage. I've got a beta stage and a prod stage. So the first one, parameter one, is a simple string type. The parameter two is a string list, which is a common delimited list of strings. And number three, the secure string, is a mass string, okay? In fact, we can show that one in the console. Very right? secret. It's very secret. Okay. What we're going to do is actually run some build pipelines to retrieve these values um, during our builds and inject them as build variables. 
So if we go back to our TFS instance, we have a new, another project in there. Called parameters and secrets. And you can read from the parameter store with this task in two modes. You can read individual parameters, or you can read as a hierarchy, like a batch. Right? If, you were in a, if you wanted to get, for example, in our case, all of, these, all of the parameters for a given stage, you can read them all in one go. So let's take a look at the single parameter read first. You can see here I've got three calls to the get systems parameter uh, task. The first one is going to read by name. So again, we give it credentials and region, single parameter, and we're giving it the parameter name. But notice there's a dollar stage environment variable, uh, variable inside there, right? I want it to customize, do I, am I reading beta or am I reading prod? So I'm doing that by passing in a variable into my build. If we just go to the variables tab norm, you see there's my stage set up as beta by default and overridable at build time. Back in the build definition, once the value of that parameter comes back, we want to inject that as a build variable so our downstream tasks can pick it up and work with it. So we have a number of options to set that. That's called the variable name transform. We can either use the parameter name as the variable name, so our downstream tasks will use the same parameter name as we've got inside Systems Manager. We can take the leaf part of the name, so in this case, parameter one. We can either do, we can do a regex a substitution inside the name, or you can just use a custom name. So in the first two uh, instances of this task, we're just using the leaf part of the name. But on the third one, where I'm reading the secure string, I'm going to use a custom name. Okay? And then at the end, there's a, a simple PowerShell script that just accepts those parameters. There is build variables now. right? They're not system manager parameters. And just echoes them out to the console. So let's run this. And so you can see that's where those leaf names are. So we took each one of those, and then that's this custom name there. All right. You want to run? Yes, run it. And we could overwrite the stage there if we wanted. Okay, so here we ran, and this got the parameter one. That was just a string. This is where we got the, the string list from parameter two. And the third one is where we get that secret one, where it says secret is true. Now, when the task reads a secure string variable from the parameter store, it automatically creates a secret build variable. Right? There's no override on that. It's automatic inside the task. So if we go to the output from the PowerShell task, we should see that parameter three is masked automatically. Okay, so you can read secrets back from the parameter store securely into your build environment and then pass them on to your downstream tasks. Let's go and take a look at the hierarchical read. Okay. Okay, so here we have a single instance of the task set to hierarchical mode. You'll notice that we're using a shorter path here. We've got parameters and secrets, dollar stage. Inside Systems Manager, the path can be up to five components long, so fair amount of flexibility. Again, we're passing in stage. Um, but when we do the variable name transform, if we drop that down, you'll notice we only have three options, right? Using a custom name wouldn't make sense. We're reading multiple variables. We can read the read all the variables at that level, or we can read recursively as well. Um, recursive is the default. Our PowerShell script at the end is, again, identical. It's just going to take those names, the build variable names, and just echo them out. And so there's all those leaf names, parameters one, two, and three on there. So let's right. queue that build. Okay. Here we can see, here we go. Parameters one, two, and three build environments were created. And the last one was set to true, or for secret. And then that's go. Right there. Now, if we would have set the stage to prod, 
we would be getting beta va or prod values here. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so back to the slides for a minute. So that's parameter store. We showed you the different types of parameters, the string, the string list, the secure string, and that when we read those back into our build environment, the secure string is preserved as a secret. Um, that we can read single values or hierarchical values, and the options we have for the variable name transform into our build variable, okay? Now, we're telling you this because we're going to make heavy use of it now. We're actually going to set up two pipelines. The first pipeline is going to build a deployment infrastructure. The second pipeline is going to deploy to that infrastructure. We're going to use the CloudFormation task. So CloudFormation is our infrastructure as a service task, okay? It will, um, you write a declarative template, if you haven't seen it, written in uh, JSON or YAML, you submit that to CloudFormation, and it takes over actually building out those resources for you. We're going to use code deploy to deploy to that infrastructure, as opposed to Elastic Beanstalk. Now, if you haven't used code deploy, the difference between Beanstalk and code deploy is Beanstalk is going to auto-provision your EC2 instances, your load balancers, auto-scaling, versus code deploy is where you define your own infrastructure, how you want it to be laid out but code deploy will take care of actually laying down the application for you. We're going to use the S3 download task to download content from S3 into our build area so we can uh, further customize our build. And of course, we're going to take, make use of those parameter store tasks that we just saw to customize the build even further. What I want to do in this is I want to, I've got an application, Contessa University, with three, three deployment stages, beta, gamma, and prod. Well, I want to use the same template and the same scripts across all those stages. I don't want it to change. All right, and I'm going to use parameter store to customize, to do the customization at build time by getting parameter values back from the store, setting those build variables, and then using them in my tasks. So let's start building. All right. Okay, so we're back here. We're going to go start doing build definitions for Contosa. Uh, build. And let's go and create a brand new one. So the first one we're creating, this is just going to create the infrastructure, right? Right. So here we're just going to take an empty one and start from scratch there. Okay, so what's our first step there? So the first thing I want to do is I've put some content into Amazon S3, the storage service. I've put the template in there that we're going to submit to CloudFormation that declares the resources that we want created and some supporting script. So let's go and take a look at that in uh, the toolkit. So we open up the bucket inside S3, and you'll notice we've got a number of top-level folders here, or key prefixes. Let's go into the CloudFormation one, and I've got a template file there, and I've got a script. So when we submit the template to CloudFormation, we're also going to send a parameters file with it to customize the template, right? And those parameters are coming from Parameter Store. I've actually checked these out locally. So if we open up, uh, go to Visual Studio Code. Uh, so here's our CloudFormation template, template that we have. So it's got a few parameters coming in. This is going to be the name of our code deploy application. And then we're going to need the Windows image, I mean, uh, current Windows AMI ID. Because the way we're working is we're using the bare Windows AMI, and we're going to then install all the things we need on that. We're going to install IIS, we're going to install web deploy from there. And then we also need to pass in the instance tag key and the instance tag value, which is going to be used to identify what are the EC2 instances that are part of our deployment group inside code deploy. So we look down here, this is where we're going to go spin up our EC2 instance, which has the scripts going on with it. Um, the first step is we're going to go and download the code deploy agent on there. And then we're going to go install the code deploy agent. And again, this is just plain Windows, so it doesn't even have IES. So we're going to go run some partial scripts to install IES on there. 
We also need to get web deploy on there. And the easiest way to do web deploy is through Chocolatey. So we're going to install Chocolatey and then use that to install web deploy. Once all those are all installed, we're going to signal in the back to CloudFormation that this EC2 instance is all configured. And the other things we're doing in here is we're setting up the code deploy um, um, application as well. So here's our code deploy application, which is then going to have our deployment group. And the deployment group is going to have those EC2 tag filters to go identify what are the EC2 instances to add to the deployment group. All right. And the script file that we're, down, that we're going to download is very simple. It just takes the parameters that we're going to give it, the build variables that we're going to give it, and writes them to a JSON format parameters file that CloudFormation, in the format CloudFormation expects. Okay? Okay. So let's go and add the S3 download task. Okay. Download. Okay. I'll start setting up the credentials in the region here. And so this task we're going to be using to download our template in that PS1 file, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go to my handy little cheat sheet here to make sure I don't copy-paste the wrong bucket name. Okay, so there's our bucket. And then that source folder in the bucket was just CloudFormation. So this is going to mean, with that glob pattern down here, we're going to download all of the files from that folder in the S3 bucket. The download task can actually download, multiple, takes multiple glob patterns. So you can download individual files. You can have different glob patterns in there. Um, we just use star star to just download everything from that, that path inside S3. Okay. Now we need to know where we're going to put those scripts and that file on the build system. Rather than put them where our source code is going to be, we're going to put them into a temp folder. And we're going to use a build variable to do that called agent.temp directory. Now the really nice thing about this is at the end of the build, that location is automatically cleaned out. Okay, so if there was anything in there that you didn't want to leave lying around the build server, it's going to get uh, removed. Now, this is when it downloads, it's going to do it with that folder in there. So it's going to be temp directory, cloud formation, and then our template and PS1 file, which we don't want. Mm -hmm. So there's a new advanced option here to flatten those folders down so that the template and the PS1 will be right there at the root of that temp directory. Okay, so that takes care of getting down our template and our script. Now we want to get hold of the first of the variables that we want, the Windows image ID. Now, if you've worked with CloudFormation or you've seen CloudFormation templates, you've likely seen maps, right, of like region to the image ID that you want to use. And that works fine. The problem is that they can get out of date, right? EC2 Windows revs their images every month, right? So rather than risk getting out of date, we're actually going to pull down from Parameter Store. Now, you may not know this, but a couple of weeks ago, EC2 started publishing the Windows image IDs to the Parameter Store on a public key. And we can actually go and query that. If we go to a PowerShell command prompt, we're going to run one of our commandlets from our tools for PowerShell called get-ssm parameters by path. And the path that EC2 publishes to is slash AWS slash service slash AMI hyphen Windows hyphen latest. If we execute that, what you'll see is on the left side are all the keys, the parameter keys that correspond to the various Windows images that are published by AWS. On the right-hand side are the image IDs. Right? These are always the guaranteed latest image ID for that particular version of Windows. So we've already selected the one we want to use, Windows Server 2016, the base image, which is in Norm's cheat sheet. Okay. So let's swipe that parameter name. And we'll add the task in to go and retrieve that from Parameter Store as our build starts. So here's going to be used our new task we added today, get parameter. Again, we need our credentials. 
us west two, and here is the parameter name. And now we wanna, we're gonna give a custom name here because we wanna just, for convenience, we're gonna use the same name as what we're using in our template. I believe, what do we call that? Steve? Yeah, it's Windows Image ID. All right. So now we will have that build variable in, in our test of Windows Image ID, which will point to the latest Windows Army. So that's the first customization. The second one now is we want to read the application settings, the application name that varies by stage, and the tag key and tag value that identifies the instances in that stage that we want to target for deployment. So if we go to the EC2 console, we've set these up in parameter store. And if we go to the US West region, You can see here's the Contoso University um, variables. We have a beta stage, a gamma stage, and a prod stage. So the application name changes varying on the stage. So university beta, university gamma, university prod, etc. So we want to read these back appropriate to the stage that we're going to run the build for. So let's go back to our TFS instance. Okay. And let's add in the task to read those variables. Now, this is an example where we're going to read hierarchical, right? We want to read all those settings in one go. The hierarchical. So our hierarchy is going to be the, the start of the path, slash Contoso University, slash dollar stage, right? We want to vary the stage during our build. What was that path? Slash, oh. Contoso, slash Contoso University, slash, and then dollar parentheses stage. In oh, so fact, while we're typing this in, let's go and add that stage variable now. Okay. But before we get on, so we want to make sure we're getting just the True. leaf name of that. Okay. Add that. And let's just default that to beta and make it overridable at build time. Okay. All right. So we have our template files downloaded. We have our parameters to set the Windows image ID. We have our parameters for the application configuring it by stage. So now let's write the parameters file that we need to submit with our template to cloud formation. So add a task. And this can just be a general PowerShell task. See, I knew I You're looking at something. What's up? I know. I knew there's a typo somewhere in there. So I caught it this time. <laughs> okay. Right. So we just had a general PowerShell task to run a script that we downloaded from S3. And if you remember, we downloaded the file into the agent's temp directory. Okay. So we're going to use the build variable to refer to that. Okay, that is this guy here. All right, and then arguments are gonna be all those build variables, right? Yeah, so the arguments are the Windows image ID that we set up as a build variable, the parameters that we read down from uh, EC2's parameter store, there we go, and the mm. output file where we want to put it. Which again, we're gonna put this into the agent's temp directory. That's it, we're all set to go now. We have our parameters to customize our build, we just need to add the task to create the CloudFormation stack. Okay. There's our CloudFormation stack right there. So this task can be used to create new stacks or update existing stacks. You don't need to worry yourself about, does the stack exist? I need to test first. It auto-detects and adjusts its behavior accordingly. Okay. So for stack name, we're gonna use our application name, right? The stack name needs to be unique in a given region. So let's use the build variable application name that we set up earlier on. Should we put stack on the we'll end? We'll put stack on the end, yeah. Okay. Uh, our template is coming from a local file. You can also reference templates that exist in the Amazon S3 uh, if your template is particularly large. Okay, I'm just copy that right there. 
So that's our template that we downloaded back here on the S3 step here. Now, if your template is a local file and it exceeds the limits that you can send to CloudFormation directly, you can actually type in the bucket name as well. So the task will then upload it to S3 before sending it to, um, to CloudFormation. Okay, and that was all new and released this morning. Last thing is we need to pass in our parameters, which is what we wrote in our PowerShell script. So our PowerShell script generated that parameters.json file in our agent's temp directory. Okay, I think we're ready to launch this one. All right. So we'll leave it at beta stage. So now we're deploying out our deployment infrastructure. So we've downloaded from S3 the template. We've read the parameters back. We know what the latest Windows image ID is. We've written the parameters file, and we're sending it to CloudFormation. So now we are just doing it. We're creating the CloudFormation stack. So if we go over to the CloudFormation console, we should start seeing that coming online. Should see. There's University Beta stack being launched. Okay. Now, we know from rehearsal experience, this takes about 15 minutes or so. It's got to install IIS, web deploy, chocolatey, all that stuff. So this stack won't be finished by the time we finish this talk. Um, so we've already deployed a gamma stack that we're going to deploy to. So now let's go and set up the second pipeline that's going to deploy our application out to that deployment infrastructure. Okay. So we're now in Tosa, so it's just an HTML application. So we can start this, from that one. Yeah, this time we're actually going to build the application. So this will be the thing we'll be building on your commits and doing deployments, etc. Okay, so let's just rename that. App build. Uh, yeah, we just still don't have any tests for this, so we'll get rid of that step. We're not going to worry about symbols. In this particular case, we're going to deploy from the build, so we can remove the publish artifact one as well. Okay, so we're really just going to do NuGet Restore and then run the MS build to build the web, the web package. Now, I want to deploy, when I, when I deploy this application, the web deploy archive that gets built by default has the name of Contoso University underscore deploy. I don't want that. I want to use the application name, but I need to go and get that from parameter store, right? We saw that as one of the, the build variables in there. So let's add a task to go and fetch that before the build. Okay. So pull down, get parameter. And we want to do that before we run the build. Yep. Going to go set again my credentials and region. Steve, you're going to make it easier for me to type this region in the future, right? I am. We, we actually have an announcement in hand um, to turn that into a drop-down field with all the current public regions, and it'll be overridable as well. So if a new region launches, you don't need to update the tools to take advantage of it. You just type in the region string. Unfortunately, it didn't quite make it in time for reInvent, so but it's coming soon. So this is going to be Contoso University. And then we want to do stage, right? Stage again. We're going to customize yeah. this build as well. And then application name, name, right? Yeah. In fact, we should probably remember to go and set up the stage build variable now. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm also going to make sure we're doing the leaf. Yep. The leaf as our build variable. And we'll add that. And we're going to set the debate again. Yeah, and make it overridable. OK. Awesome. OK. So now we know our application name. We can now customize our build so we get the right IAS application name in the web deploy package. So if we've got the build solution, we're going to add an MS build parameter onto this. It's in your cheat sheet, Norm. Okay. So here is the extra command line we're going to pass to MS build that says set up the IIS path to just be the application name. So that's the deploys app path. That's one of the parameters you pass in to configure that in your web deploy package. Okay. So now this task is going to use code deploy to do the deployment. So when we deploy the code deploy, we have to build a revision bundle that contains our application code 
and a couple of extra files, or at least one extra file called an app spec file. This is a YAML format file that describes how we're going to install the application on the instance. So again, these are held in S3 for the purpose of the demo. This could be in your source code, just like the template is. We just decided to put it into S3 so we could show you the S3 download task. So here we are in an S3 bucket, and we have a code deploy folder which contains those two files. The aspect file that code, de code deploy uses to know how to deploy your application, and in our case, we are just going to call this PowerShell script to actually install it. In fact, we can show those scripts. If we go to code. So um, app spec file. This app spec is very simple. Just run that script. And that script is just going to go and run the command that was generated by web deploy. All right. So, so now we need to download those, right? We can download from S3, yeah. OK. So we're going to add another S3 download task. Now, this time when we download the files, we want to put them where the application is, where the built web deploy archive is. When you, when you build a revision bundle, the app spec file lives at the root of the, of the zip file bundle. So we're going to put that into the build artifact staging folder. Okay. And code deploy was the folder in mm -hmm. the bucket. And here we're seeing the build staging. Is that what you said? Yeah. You can just grab the variable from there. Okay. And again, we want to flatten the folder. We want to make sure the files go into that folder. Okay. okay. So we've done our NuGet restore. We've got our application name to customize our RIS application name. We've done the build. We've downloaded our artifacts for code deploy from S3. The last task is just the code deploy task. Okay. So here we are. Let's find code deploy in our list. All right. Okay. And its application name is, we're using the build environment? We're going to use the build variable. Application name. And then I believe it, our deployment group is application name underscore deployment group. group. Is that what we yep. named it? Correct. Okay. Now we need to point it at the revision bundle that we're constructing. The task will actually build the bundle for you. You don't need to worry about zipping up the task and all the, the different, all the, sorry, the, the build output and all the different pieces. If you just point the task at the folder, it will take care of that for you. You can give it a pre-built zip. If you want to package it yourself, that's fine. Uh, it adjusts its behavior accordingly. Okay. And so for us today, we're just going to take the build staging artifact folder, which is then going to be zipped up and set as our code deploy bundle, because it contains both our web deploy package as well as our app spec um, file. Okay, and then we're going to do that same bucket here we've been using today. So once the task has constructed the bundle, it wants to know which, what bucket do I need to upload this to. So you give it the bucket name. Okay, and then we just need to know where we're going to put it in the bucket. We'll just call this deploy artifacts. Okay. Okay, and there's a few more settings below us we want to change. Okay, and I think for extending file behavior, we just want to overwrite those changes if yep. they haven't been there. All right. Okay, that's it. If just a few fields. It's relatively simple. So let's go and make a change in Visual Studio. All right. So back to our index page. Now we will do code deploy from reInvent. Okay. And I need to actually commit that. Code deploy. I'll go sync that up with our remote. Okay. 
So that's been pushed, so we can go and trigger our build now. Um, you save it and queue You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. So let's change, uh, actually, no, let's leave the stage at, uh, yeah, we just change this, pull my teeth back. Change we, the we stage to gamma. Beta. Beta's not ready yet. Beta's not ready. In fact, I'm pretty sure beta's not ready. Um, so we'll just go to gamma, go to gamma. now. Okay. Because gamma's the one endpoint, the infrastructure we set up before today's um, talk. Okay, so we're doing the NuGet restore. We're now pulling down our parameter name. So there's, we got our application name. Now we're doing the builds. Let's just use MS build. And it's also making sure it's setting up our IIS path when we're doing the web, web deploy bundle. We downloaded our um, app spec file and install script from our S3 bucket. So this is the information that tells code deploy how to actually install its application. And again, you know, you could have put these files in your source repo. It's fine. It may be that you've got a reason for putting them outside of your source repo. It, you know, it works either way. We just wanted to show off the S3 download task for this scenario, so that's why we chose. So that's, oh, that all finished for us. Awesome. So if we go to the code deploy console, we should see if we're quick enough, the deployment underway. I think we've. Oh, it got just done just now. So that it succeeded. Are you sure 11.59? Oh, maybe. It says it's done. It's All got right. a happy checkbox. I, I trust it. I it trust you. would never lie. <laughs> so on my browser, there should be a link directly to that environment. Now, you may be in a, uh, a scenario where you want to use what I would call immutable deployments, right? Where every time you do a deployment, maybe at the end of the day, you just blow away your deployment infrastructure, set a new one up, deploy the application to it, ready for testing the next day. So you don't get this buildup of cruft on your instances. In that case, you, you would consider merging these two pipelines together to build your infrastructure and then deploy your latest build ready for the next day. We're obviously showing it's two separate ones. Um, because you might want to rev your infrastructure slower than your, your commits, okay? All right, but there we, we did deploy it. It's all working. Code deploy. Code deploy. So we've done Elastic Beanstalk, where you just worry about your application. Beanstalk takes care of the actual hosting. And CloudFormation and Code Deploy, where you define what your infrastructure is and how you're going to deploy to it. Okay. So let's head back to the slides. So we showed the CloudFormation task for setting up infrastructure uh, for deployment. How we can now get the latest Windows image ID from parameter store. We don't have to hardwire those image IDs anymore. Passing that in, constructing the bundle using the task to, from, to download from S3 in this case, and how the task you know, takes care of zipping everything up in the right structure and sending it off to S3 to deploy it through code deploy. So back at the start of this talk, I mentioned that these are open source tools. Um, they're on GitHub. In fact, we can go to the GitHub repo. OK. There we go. This is our repository. That's the issues list. Uh, <laughs> which many of those feature requests actually got closed today, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so we welcome pull requests. We've had a few uh, in the last few weeks that have been released today. Um, feature requests on our issues list will respond as quickly as we can. Uh, we're really excited about these tools. Um, really happy to add new things to them. And of course, issues, if you have problems, questions, how the tools work, etc. This is your one-stop shop to get in. What did you press, Norm? The wrong thing. <laughs> That's a lot of buttons right. down here. Let's recap the session then. So we saw how to install the tools, VSTS, TFS, 
slight different sequences, but the same end result. Where the tasks show up inside the, your environment when you're adding a task in build and release pipelines, how you configure credentials. And remember, you can either use access key and secret key, or you can use assume role, um, just fine. How to deploy an ASP dot application to Elastic Beanstalk. Let it take care of the infrastructure for you. Um, how to work with Parameter Store to customize your build. How to link that Parameter Store to your build variables so you can customize your builds and releases. And how to set up a deployment infrastructure and a deployment pipeline um, using the CloudFormation and CodeDeploy tasks. So just to wrap up, I'm going to leave you with the links to the tools homepage, aws.amazon.com slash vsts. Um, or you can go on the marketplace and find it there. The GitHub repository. So please get involved there. Um, and of course, if the, if the tools, you know, you have a need for a, a, to call an AWS service that we don't have a task for, feel free to submit a pull request, right? We will take them. Um, follow, you can follow us on Twitter. AWS for Net is our Twitter handle. And of course, we have our developer blog where we blog not just on the VSTS tools, but also on the SDK, our PowerShell tools, and our Visual Studio toolkit. With that, I'd like to thank you. I hope you enjoyed it, and have a great conference.